Hello, Fang Gang, and welcome to another episode of In Vain. We have just a couple quick announcements before we jump into this episode, which is a solo for Dallas, which, of course, always makes me excited as Dallas's player. As always, we have our amazing sponsors, World Anvil and Die Hard Dice. World Anvil has just launched a Kickstarter for a wonderful map-making program, which you should go check out. Visit worldanvil.com for more information on that. And for Die Hard Dice, where you too can get amazingly gorgeous metal dice, including the new colorway, Bloodbath, which is ideal for the vampire in all of us, let's be honest. If you would like to get your hands on these amazing, wonderful red and black dice set, you can use the code FANGGANG, F-A-N-G, G-A-N-G, for 15% off your first or next order. If you don't want to use the coupon code, though, or you've already used your coupon code, you can also get a chance to win a $50 gift certificate to Die Hard Dice. All you have to do is tweet to us, post about us on Reddit, post to us on Facebook, and talk to us about what your favorite vampire clan is and why. If you do that by August 31st, you will get a chance to win a $50 gift card to Die Hard Dice. So all of those dice could be yours. Be sure to come visit us on the interwebs and talk to us about why you love vampire lore and which vampire clan is your absolute favorite. Why August 31st, you ask? Because In Vain Season 1 is wrapping up and we're going to take a little mini break before Season 2 begins. Season 2 will begin on September 4th, which also happens to be my birthday. So Season 2 is like my very own personal gift. But I'm giving it to all of you. Because I love this podcast. Speaking of gifts, let's dive into this week's episode of In Vain. Last time on In Vain. Joe put me up to something, and it went sideways, and now they're after me, okay? But I don't need you now. You took my life away from me. Pick up that bed, or pick up the cabinet, slam it against the wall, screaming, howling. The ceiling underneath that bedroom is shaking. This is what she's been looking for, and she wants nothing to do with that guy at all. Hi, everybody. My name is Tessa. I am your RPG mom. I play Dallas here on In Vain. And the reason I know I'm getting old is a couple months ago, my son asked me if there were movies in the 80s. And that's when I was born. So thanks for that, kid. And my name is Chad. I am the storyteller of In Vain. And uh, you can catch me at Chad Lissett. You can catch me on Twitter as Chadlicious, and I know I'm getting old because I got really excited about getting luggage for Christmas last year. Okay, that sounds like the best gift ever, honestly. <laughs> yeah, right? We are, like, so old. <laughs> it's like, that sounds amazing. I'd love a luggage set for Christmas. <laughs> I'm using my in-laws, uh, uh old luggage they got a new set and handed down theirs to us which is very nice of them it, it they're big scuba divers so all of the zippers are super salt encrusted so you can't get it unzipped most of the time so yeah i, I could use some new luggage that sounds really nice yeah i know i'm i'm gonna start looking for homes to put myself in when i start getting excited about relax fit slacks you go all the way up to your armpits right <laughs> it's perfect Okay, so what we are doing right now is uh, we are running Dallas through a little bit of a solo. Uh, Elsa had was occupied doing something, and Ilva was doing her own thing, and so now Dallas is left to her own devices, so we're just going to run through that. So it is, let's see, we're going to say it is the, the, the night after the incident at Der Panzerfaust and the church. Uh, Dallas, you wake up uh, a little bit early. The The sun has set, but there's still oranges in the sky. You can thank your high humanity for waking up a little bit earlier, but I still need you to give me a rouse check. Alrighty, let's see what we get. 
Uh, zero successes. So my hunger goes up to a three. Oh, you rolled a one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So your hunger goes up to a three. Your your beast comes more to the forefront and just implores you. Says, you know, I won't be denied for much longer. We need blood. I need blood. Okay. Forest time. I get it. Oh, no, no. Not the forest time. I'm talking about Peter. Rip his throat open. Drink his blood. It's going to taste really good. It's spiked with that Bruja blood, too. Mm, no, thanks. That doesn't sound at all appetizing. In any way, shape, or form. That's because you're weak. Possibly, but no. And your beast grumbles and goes back to its cage. If you're good, I'll get you a nice deer instead of raccoon. All right, so I heard you mention that it was forest time. Yes. Let's head to the woods. Okay, so you you wake up hungry, and so you just immediately just walk out, because you have... You want to take care of that, probably before Elsa wakes up. And you Mm -hmm. start... Yeah, and you start making your way to the woods... Uh, on your way there, before you get too far out of the city, uh, you actually you hear a sound coming from behind one of the buildings. It's it sounds like Dallas, Dal- Dallas. What? You turn and peering out from around the corner is Maria, and she's like looking around and she's like motioning for you to come towards her. Hey, Maria, what's up? Hey, are, are you being followed? Not that I know of. She looks over her shoulder. <laughs> oh, well, that's disappointing. But anyway, anyway, so um, I, I have uh, something for you. Uh, I wanted to say that um, I'm sorry. Uh, when we first met, it was a little bit after uh, July 4th, I believe. And I know that you, you as an American, I know that you guys kind of really, really take that holiday seriously because, you know, you think that that is the anniversary of when the Lord Jesus Christ himself spread his ass cheeks apart and farted out your great country. But I just wanted to uh, give you a little gift just kind of as a, a happy Fourth of July, Independence Day type thing, just so you don't get mad at me. Maria, I don't think I could ever be mad at you. That was the greatest description of America I have ever heard. Really? Yes. I loved it. It was perfect. Oh, well, yeah, so I don't have a whole lot, but I I made you something. And she roots around in this purse that looks like you could fit probably an entire refrigerator's worth of food in it and she's rooting around in it and she pulls out this this little this notebook that looks you know very well used and she opens up some of the to one of the pages and tears it out and she hands it to you and says happy independence day thank you she looks down at it okay you look at it it is a picture of you it's actually a pretty pretty good likeness. It's a picture of you and it looks like you're being torn apart by a pack of wild wolves. This is astoundingly well rendered. Thank you. Yeah, and she's kind of like pointing at it. It's like, yeah, I, I know that it looks a little, you know, not like gifty. She does air quotes kind of with that, but 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 um, this is something that I saw and you you must be enjoying it because you see, look, and she points at your face you're smiling. You see, you're, you're, you're becoming one with them, and you are happy about it. I don't know if that is a forever thing or until they poop you out, though. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll be... I will uh, let you know how that goes. So, so you like it? I do. I like it very much. Thank you, Maria. Okay, good. I'm just... You know, if, if you have the opportunity to to convince your fellow countrymen not to invade Spain, just, you know, just do what you can for me. OK. Sure. You got it. Absolutely. Great. Go enjoy your night. All right. Good night, Maria. And she vanishes. 
And Dallas will fold up the paper and stick it in her back pocket for later ponderance. All right. And so you continue on into the forest? Yes, I do. What is Dallas's thoughts about that whole exchange? She is concerned. She knows Maria is a little eccentric um, at the best of times, and but has no reason to doubt any of the visions that Maria has. Uh, so she's just probably being a little bit more cautious even as she enters the enters the forest. And then she thinks someone maybe had something to do with the Panzerfaust and all the guys in there and having to fight and just kind of resolves to be more alert. Okay. And so as you make it to the woods, you're going to hunt. So I need you to give me a composure and animal ken roll. Don't neglect your hunger. Uh, that is five successes. All right. Well, you do actually manage to take down a pretty large deer. Uh, you actually take down a couple of deer. You sprung out of the trees as a group of them were drinking from a nearby stream, and you managed to take down two. And you drank enough from them that, if you so choose, you can slake your hunger down all the way to one. Uh, I will do that. Okay. So you gorge yourself on deer blood. Your beast kind of grumbles in the back of your head. Says, I know something that tastes way better. Well, not tonight. And then afterwards, she'll go to the stream and start trying to clean up her face and hands a little bit. Okay. And so you you wash your mouth. I mean, you, you've gotten to the point where you don't make a complete mess out of yourself all the time. But, you know, like a, a couple of blood stains on your pants is, eh... She probably has started carrying a backpack with her with a change of clothes in it just to be on the safe side. Ah, good choice. So you, you clean up your face and you clean up as best as you can. And you you go to turn for your, your backpack. And as you look up, you see maybe not not close enough for arm's reach, but maybe we'll say about maybe 10 feet away from you is a wolf with pure white fur. And he's just standing there and he's looking at you with a piercing gaze. She will turn and freeze and lock eyes with the wolf. And like, You're real. Okay. The wolf sniffs towards you a little bit, turns around takes a couple of steps, and then turns back around and looks at you expectantly. Yeah, okay. I got it. And she'll grab her backpack. Alright, you grab your backpack and do you follow the white wolf? I follow that white wolf because that is my current desire for my character is to find out more about the white wolf. Alright. So, as you start to follow, the wolf starts to run through the forest, and you will have to give chase if you hope to keep up. Alright, I, I have no problem keeping up and giving chase to do so. Alright, so I need you to give me a dexterity and athletics roll. Uh, two successes. Okay, so you, there's a couple of times when you lose sight of the wolf, and or maybe another one where you, you run to the left when the wolf actually went to the right, and you have to stop and get your bearings, and when you finally catch up to the wolf, you find that the wolf has been waiting for you, and then continues to run when you are giving chase. And eventually, the wolf leads you to this big clearing. The, there's a big... It's not a huge clearing, but there's an open spot in the trees. There's a couple of rocks standing there, a little bit of uh, some moisture on the ground because it recently rained. And the wolf pads out a little bit to the middle of the clearing, and he's just staring at you. What do you do? Um, I'll stop and I'll put my backpack down like, okay, nice clearing. I'm supposed to follow you. Any idea why? And I'm talking to a wolf. Good job. And as you are talking to the wolf and looking at it, uh, its shape, its form, it looks like it starts to melt or or blend or bleed into itself. And it, it becomes more of an amorphous kind of shape. And it 
looks like it's reforming into the shape of a, a, a humanoid type form. And when the transition finishes, you look into the face of the man that attacked you on Volpurgis Noct. You. And he just looks at you and he nods and he says, Dallas, we have to talk. About what? You did this to me and left me there and now you want to talk? Yes. It's been months. Why why now? Because it's time. So you expect me to just go along with you because? It is time for you to be tested and to see if you're worthy of the name Gangrel. I don't think I owe you shit. And she picks up her backpack and throws it over her shoulder and debating leaving. If you turn around and walk out now, it is your choice, but you'll never understand the purpose for any of this. You'll never quite understand who you are and what your place is, and you will not have the protection of any of your kin. So I suggest that we at least sit down and talk. Whatever you need to work out with me, we need to work out with the there's a couple of other folks we need to meet up with. Other folks? Yes. There's a gather tonight. It's an interesting word for an Elysium. <laughs> he, he scoffs a little bit and says, the Camarilla can call whatever their little fancy things are, whatever they want to call them. This is a gather. This is... Gangrel talking to Gangrel and being Gangrel and enjoying the night together. So if you ever want to meet others of your clan, I suggest you come with me. If you need to fight me, by all means, go ahead. Let's get it out of your system, but we have to go soon. I am listening. I reserve the right to throw a punch at you. But I don't need to right now. He nods. And says, come with me if you're interested. She grabs her backpack. All right, let's go. And as you're walking with him, you notice, I mean, of course, when the night in question happened, it was all happened very fast and he didn't get a good look at him. But now that you see him, he, he has a long beard. He's very muscular. He's, his clothing is made out of animal hide. Like, it looks like he's made it himself. And... Every every time you see uh, bare skin on him, you see the faint blue tattoos that look like mariner tattoos. Like he's just covered with them. How is his English? Is it is it pretty good? Is it tinted heavily with German, or is it uh, is it accented at all? There's a there's somewhat of an accent, but you can't place it. But he is yeah, yeah he is speaking German. Okay. But he does not look German. So why me? Without looking at you, he's still looking at, at where he's going. And at this point, his eyes are completely red. He's using eyes of the beast. And he just says simply, you fought back. The Gangrel clan needs to stay strong. And in order to stay strong, we have to embrace those that have the fight for survival inside of them. You'd be surprised. Not many mortals do. Instead of giving in, you fought back, and you fought back hard, and that made you worthy of the embrace. Okay. That I at least understand. It is our way. And I had to be sure that you could survive on your own in order to make sure that you will make our clan strong. Oh, I've done my best, anyway. Without any kind of facial expression, he said, if I did not think that you were worthy, we would not be having this conversation. Thanks. I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. And she kind of gives a little half smile. You can call me Afkar, by the way. Afkar. Okay. Uh, nice to meet you. Dryly, he says, we've met. 
I meant in an official capacity where you're not draining the life out of me. The walking continues, and eventually you get to another clearing. It's, it's a little bit of a bigger clearing. This one has a fire, like a small fire in the middle of it, like one that was made just for the light and not so much for heat. And as you come out of the trees into the clearing, you see four other individuals just sitting on you know, rocks or uh, fallen logs, and they're just chatting around the fire. And when you two come out of the woods, they turn and they see you, and one of them, the larger man, there's, you know, there's a large man who's uh, you know, completely bare-chested, but his pants looks like they're, they're you know, leathery and he's wearing combat boots. He says, Afkar, you've brought her. Excellent. Next to him is a woman who she's wearing, looks like survival clothing, like some of it, like camouflage pants, but more like a, like a vest and looks like pouches. Uh, there's another one, another woman looks a little bit younger. She is wearing blue jeans and, uh, looks like a, a t-shirt, but with a you know, jacket over it, very uh, utilitarian. And, the only other male that you see is a very dark-skinned, like, African-looking man. And he's wearing, like, sweatpants and, and just, just kind of like very wash-and-wear type stuff. And his hair is done up in cornrows. And they're all looking at you. Hi. And Afkar steps closer to the fire and says, I have brought Dallas. I embraced her... Not too many months ago, I have brought her to this gather, and now she will be judged if she is worthy to join the Gangrel clan. And the man who first spoke, the big older guy, he stands up, and he approaches you, Dallas. And this he looks every inch a predator. Like, he, the way he walks, the way he eyes you, the way he's sizing you up. How are you reacting? What are you doing? Dallas's first instinct when someone gets out that stair is not to shrink away, but to plant her heels even more firmly and kind of straighten up and just meet his gaze and just, you know, her, her whole core of always keep them guessing. Anyone who thinks that she's going to back down, she's just calculating all of the angles in ways that if she has to, either escape or fighting back. It's just innately in her, going through kickboxing things that she learns, the survival things that she learned from her father, looking for any sort of sign of weakness or escape route or anything she can use to her advantage. But it's all set, you know, with a very firm set to her chin and a, te a tensing of the muscles. And so the large man, he gets closer to you, notices that you're not you're not averting your gaze. You're not shying. You're not shying away from him. And he nods approvingly right before he like moves in like quickly trying to get you to flinch. So I want you to give me a composure roll. Actually, give me a resolve plus composure roll. Just do that. Two successes. You do not flinch. And he nods approvingly. And he says, so... I am known as Farkas, and I assume that there's much about our ways you don't know yet. I would agree. So this is a gather. This is a meeting of any gangrel in the area. We get together, we exchange stories, we initiate new members, and then tell their stories. But first, what you need to do is establish your place at this gather. So he gestures to the dark-skinned man, motions for him to come over, and says, and the way that we do that is we show each other who's the stronger fighter. You have to fight Jaeger for your place at this gather. And you remember that Jaeger is a name that Joe had mentioned when she talked about other kindred that were part of the movement in Heidelberg. Yeah. 
the dark-skinned man, Jaeger, walks up to you, and Farkas goes back and he takes his seat. What do you do? You know Joe. He nods, says, I do. I'm Jaeger, and he reaches his hand out to shake your hand. She'll take his hand and, and shake it. It's nice to meet you. And as you say that, he tightens his grip on your hand, pulls you in, and then headbutts you straight in the face. Okay. All right. Changing tactics to immediately being uh, claws out. Whoa. Okay. So you take a couple of steps back. Are you activating your claws? Yeah. She's like, mm, okay, fine. Nice to meet you. Fuck this. Okay. So I need you. First of all, you need to give me a rouse check to activate your claws. One success. All right. Well, you grow your claws and you don't get hungrier. And when they see that your claws sprout, Jaeger looks at you and he says, he grows his own claws and says, I don't want you to think I'm going to go easy on you just because you're a woman. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's really, really cute. And then she just beats his face as fast as she can. All right, uh, give me an attack roll. You took your claws out, so give me, uh, let's see, it's strength plus brawl plus two for the claws. I'm sure he's way bigger than she is, and he probably has way more experience. Well, she definitely has a, f- he, sorry, he definitely has a foot over you. Holy dicks. All right, that is a 10, 10, 8, and a 6. On my die. So that's four successes. Two of them are tens. Oh, you critted. That is six yeah. successes. Oh, shit. All right. So you got six successes to slash at Jaeger. He is going to... Well, he grew his claws when he saw you grow yours. And so you all are in a brawl here. Do you think that's funny? The whole... Oh, I'll take it. I won't take it easy on you because you're brawl. Fuck you, asshole. Dallas expects nobody to take it easy on her after the last couple of months. All right. So you actually managed to get... Uh, he, he blocks some of your swings, and you, but you actually managed to get a good scratch in on his forearm. You do some damage to him, and now Gangrel Claws, uh, the damage from them is not halved by Vampire. So it does... It makes a severe-looking wound on his arm, and he hisses in pain... And then he is going to go, uh, you know, swinging at you. So I need you to give me another strength and brawl roll, and Jaeger will do the same. That is four successes. Ten, nine, nine. Oh, so ten is that's two, right? I can remember, so it's five successes. Uh, a ten is a one, unless there's two tens, and then it's a crit then that counts as four successes. Thank you. Sorry. And we've been kind of it. we've been kind of inconsistent in past episodes, but that's what the rule is. Okay, so then four total successes. She's relying on her uh, kickboxing to dodge as best she can. Yeah, you actually succeed in getting out of the way, dodging very quickly, bending over backwards when he was least expecting it, and then getting another good kind of scratch in on his thigh. Uh, doing some more damage to him. At this point, he's kind of like growling in anger at this point. And he's like, hold still. Do I need to take it easy? And then she ducks him. Yeah, he's. Yeah, they're, you're both kind of running at each other now. And so let's do one more roll. Five successes. All right, so he got a crit, but he only got four successes total. So uh, you actually... So he actually was about to score a pretty severe hit on you. But at the last minute, I guess you, well, you describe this. How do you finish him off as he's coming at you and it looks like he's right about to just go for the jugular? One of the things that she learned um, doing the boxing and such with uh, her trainer is that a lot of times if you can get an opponent angry enough, they stop being careful. And so she uses his rush of momentum at her, dodges out of the way at the last second, and instead of using her claws, just basically roundhouse kicks him in the back of the head enough to drop his face into the dirt. And immediately springs back up into her position of waiting and ready. And so as he's eating dirt, you know, the, the fight has pretty much been decided at this point, and Farkas stands up and he raises a hand and says, I think we've seen enough. 
and the two women on either side of him, they nod. The younger one that's in the, you know, the, the more modern type getup, she kind of gives you like a silent clap and mouths, good job. She kind of grins and then she'll go over to him and extend a hand to help him up out of the dirt. Do you retract your claws? Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. He does too. And he grabs your hand, arm and you pull him up and he's, he's beaten. He's scratched up. You know, he's not bleeding because you know, he's a vampire, but he like, he smiles. He slaps you on the back and says, I should have asked you to take it easy on me. God damn. You okay? Ah, I'll be fine. And the, the wounds start to heal themselves. And, you know, Farkas and Afkar get a good laugh at the scene of you driving his face into the dirt. I haven't had a good spar like that in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Jaeger's like, yeah, well, I think I'm done. And Farkas says, well, I, you know, he, he motions for you to take the spot where Jaeger was sitting, Dallas. Okay, she she will she will sit, feeling like, oh, okay, this wasn't so bad. When you sit, just immediately they all switch gears and they start talking about you know, recent things going on in the area. Uh, one of them, one of the women, you as they're talking, you know that her name is uh, Rika. That's the one. That's the the older woman, kind of in the survivalist year, and the the other woman in the more modern clothing. Her name is Lavette. So Rika is talking about like in these woods, there's some very weird things going on. There's been some talk in the villages about spirits and hauntings that are increasing in frequency. Afkar says he's noticed the same thing. He's also noticed that there's been some issues in Heidelberg and. Afkar says, I think Dallas can tell us a little more about that. And they all turn and look at you expectantly. Um, well, yeah, there, uh, there was a, uh, I guess a white probably is too uncommon that I had to take care of not that long ago, but, um, yesterday, um, I was, I went with the, my friends to, uh, Panzerfaust bar to kind of knock some heads around and um weird shit started happening we we were cleaning up the bar and one of the guys kind of it seemed like some spirit like ingested his blood and then became like a weird Nazi zombie and started attacking us and it was uh, not a great situation. Um, and then pissed off a bunch of folks, and they've been saying that something happened on Valpurgisnacht and, and accused us of awakening something on that night, which, I mean, the only thing that woke up that night was me. Haha, <laughs> funny joke, not really, sorry. Farkas, he kind of. You know, waves his hand dismissively a little bit and says, weird spiritual happenings and things waking up is kind of part and parcel for a city that's run by the hated Tremere. And a few of them just kind of nod a little bit. It's like Tremere City, Tremere problems. So they, they all talk a little bit more about what's going on, like certain villages that to avoid. It, it seems like the general consensus of the gather is, you know, Gangrel don't really traffic in spirit stuff, so just give it a wide berth. It doesn't really seem like very many of them plan on staying around for much longer anyway, so it's really not their problem. You guys uh, normally just go wherever you please and such? Everybody but Jaeger kind of laughs, and Lavette says, Sweetheart, we're gangrel. That's what we do. We wander. You're... You're, how how many months have you been uh, kindred? Uh, April, three or four. One night, the wanderlust will hit you, and then you will understand. It's that's what we do. We wander. It's what <laughs> that's, that's what makes us us. And the best part about that is we are not tied into a city where we have to put up with weirdness that the other clans maybe do or try to manipulate to their benefit. We get fed up with the place. We just up and leave. 
we're we're the only ones capable of surviving out here in the wilderness. That is the gifts that our our progenitor have given us. Doesn't sound so bad. It's really not. You get to meet all sorts of new people. But anyway, so the the spiritual thing. I I'm this is still Levette talking. I'm really interested in hearing about how you handled a whole bunch of Nazi zombies. And at this point, Farkas, you know, claps his hands and says, well, if we're all in agreement, maybe Dallas could start the boasting contest. And then a lot of them, like they, they nod in agreement. They're like, yeah, yeah. Boasting. And like Jaeger kind of like nudges you a little bit with his elbow. says, come on, tell us how you took him out. Make it good. Okay. Um, I'm uh, not so great with the whole speaking thing, but okay. Um, so it was uh, just me and Elsa and Yilva, my two friends, and uh, Elsa walked up to the the guy and basically just was. Your Reika interrupts you for a second and says, "I'm sorry. Who who are Elsa and Yilva?" Oh, they're um, they're a, a a bruja and a uh, Nosferatu that uh, I well I don't live with Yilva, but it, I Elsa and I own a club in town and, and we're staying there, and so we you know we hang out together. Kind of, I try to keep her out of trouble. It doesn't always work. Well, of course not. She's a bruja. Yeah, she likes to badmouth the sheriff as a crazy person. Okay. Um, so we went, they, these Nazis had defaced our bar, calling us, you know, witches and demons and, and whatever. But so we went down to their club. I uh, barred the door with their own chair. And then, uh, while Elsa was doing the talky distracting thing, I basically started beating faces, and um, then the corpse reanimated, and not only did we have to kill all the dudes in there as humans, then we had to kill them as zombies, which was not fun at all, so claws and teeth are usually how I roll, and uh, while Elsa and Yilver were using uh, broken bottles, and I think Yilva had a handgun, I was basically just making sure nobody escaped alive by the door and one, two, one, two punch and, and bite and exploding. I'm not, yeah, I mentioned I'm really not good with the whole talking thing. Sorry. And Afkar cuts you off just, you know, looking at you expectantly and says, and how many did you kill? God, I there were, there were 10 of them in there. Are probably five or six of them. So more than half. Yeah, and then Yilva and, and also take out the others. They, a few of them, they grunt approvingly. Hmm. Okay. And let's see. Farkas, you're getting this. It's like Farkas is kind of like leading the general direction, but he's not per se a leader. He's just, he's the eldest among you. And so he's given a, a seat of respect. And he says, you had mentioned earlier that you had, that there was a white in town. Do you know anything about that? Yeah. Oh gosh, that was a while back. Uh, the prince of the city had it was just me and Elsa at the time, and had us go out to find it down by the river. A couple hikers had gone missing, and um, I did battle with it while Elsa tried to distract it, and um, I ended up snapping his neck. Oh god, I think we were only like probably. It's only been turned to like two, maybe three weeks prior? That was craziness. You were three weeks old, and you destroyed a white? Well, I mean, I wasn't alone. Elsa helps, too. How did she help? She sang at it, which I think it distracted They her. They all bust out laughing when you say that. Like she sang at a white, and that is helping? But kind of... He was a child, and it... Ugh, it got all... Like, sad and subdued when she started singing, and... 
Uh, then I was able to finish it at that point. I had already messed it up pretty good. How did you finish it? I snapped his neck. Hmm. And you destroyed the white using your own hands, is what you're saying. Well, yeah, I usually... I mean, I can use weapons, but I... I, I didn't at the time. I had a machete, but I dropped it during the fight, so... It, I found my hands were more effective. Right, whereas the local bruja thinks singing at their problems make it go away, he says kind of, you know, sarcastically, and there's some chuckles. Well, she is good at the singing, but yeah. And Jaeger actually says, hey, I've, I've actually heard the stories of this Elsa, and she is better to look, she's, she's, more useful in a social gathering than in a fight, from what I hear. Is that your assessment there, Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we took on some... The same. The reason why the Nazis is to fair bar is we were trying to protect a, a woman and her child, and uh, yeah, she's, she's not... She clearly doesn't know her way around a fight. I've been trying to help a little bit. Oh my god. She took the machete the first time and started waving it around like it was a toy and I thought she was going to chop her own head off. How to show her how to use it and hold it properly. And Jaeger's like, so you're basically the the muscle of the operation. So, yeah. so and from, from what I hear and from what now, Joe tells me is you, and from what, well, I've experienced tonight, you can hold your own in a fight, so you're you're pretty useful. I try. And he nods over at Farkas. And uh, is there anything else that you want to say, Dallas, before, you know, conversation at the gather moves on? She kind of just looks up at Afkar and, and is trying to judge his demeanor, like... If she's doing okay, if this is what he expected, if she's doing better than he expected. Kind of like, she almost kind of wants to prove, like, see, I, I'm... Not that I made it without you, but just... I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. She's just... It's a weird kind of, like, trying to get approval, but also a I really don't need your approval kind of thing going on. It's a little bit of a war going on inside her. Okay. And as you're looking at Afgar... Afkar trying to get a read on you know, kind of like what's going on in his mind, you might as well be staring at a wall that's just completely blank, just looking at you expectantly, and you're really not entirely certain how things are going tonight if you're just going to base it on his facial expressions. Yeah, she's going to try really hard not to think about the pack of wolves tearing her apart and hope that she's doing enough to avoid being torn apart. And so once you do that, once you fall silent, uh, the others start talking. They start boasting about what they've been up to since, you know, the last time they're in this area and their stories about, I mean, they're, you can tell they're embellishing, you know, it's like, and then I, I ripped his heart out with my bare hands and I ate it in front of him. And, and then I like shoved it down the throat of the set next to him. And it's just. <laughs> It gets a little ridiculous at times, and there's a couple of times when one calls the other person's bluff and they have to prove it, and if they're not able to prove it, they lose face. I think you guys are a lot better at this whole bragging and boasting thing than I am. It's like Lovette says, you'll learn. And so they're, yeah, they all, they're all bragging about their exploits. They're talking about cities that they've gone into and Camarilla vampires that tried to give them lip and, you know, how they dealt with it. And they talk about, you know, one of them, like uh, Rika says how she single-handedly came across a Sabat war pack and killed them all just with her claws and fangs and animal shape. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, there's a lot of cheering. There's a lot of camaraderie going on. There's like a, another fist fight breaks out. So what's a spot? 
Uh, Lovett, you mentioned that Lovett leans a little closer to you, says, so... Mm, that's that's an interesting question. So the Sabbat, you're familiar with the Camarilla, I'm, I'm assuming, yes? Yeah, uh, Prince, we had to make introductions and be oh so grateful that she let us live and to do her dirty work of disposing of whites in the city. She kind of lets the sarcasm drip a little bit at that one. Right, so the Camarilla is a society of vampires that try very hard to, to pose as human, yes, and, and blend in with the human populations. The Sabbat is another society of vampires that completely shun anything having to do with humanity, and they, they uh, their entire ethos is that they are monsters and they should not try to emulate humans, and so they live and act as monsters, and they are very, very dangerous, most of them are insane, and they all have very short lifespans. I can imagine. Yes. To be Sabbat is to be constantly at war. They call themselves the Sword of Cain, for Christ's sake. Like, Biblical Cain? Cain and Abel Cain? You know, your, your sire has a lot to tell you, so we'll just leave it at that. Okay, well, I mean, he has a lot to tell you if, you know, we, we, we pass, I guess. What happens if I don't? Well, we do not allow weakness in the clan, so if you are not gangrel, then you are nothing. You end. I had a feeling that might be the case. Oh, but it's okay. You, you tell good stories. And you beat the shit out of Jaeger. Oh my god. Now, I was, when the claws came out, I gotta admit, I was very surprised because not many new Gangrel, like, just go immediately for the claws, but you just kind of, just balls to the wall, just don't give a fuck, do you? Well, if you're, if I figure if it's a fight to show, not necessarily dominance, but where you fit, you got somebody who's as big as Jaeger, you pull out all the stops immediately, you don't wait for any opportunity to let him pull them out first. Yeah, look at you, not even a scratch on you. I had the fortune of uh, training with a good uh, fighting coach before I got turned, uh, picked up a few tips and tricks. Oh, that's impressive. Eh, don't worry. You're, I think you're doing fine. Of course, you know, it's not up to me. It's up to all of us. Yeah. All right. And so the the gather goes on. I mean, it's this this uh, meeting. I mean, this is going on for a long time. Like you're getting the the idea that this is going to last all night long. Towards the end of it. Uh, as you know, the, the talking and the boasting and the laughing and the fighting and all sorts of other stuff is going on. Uh, Farkas looks over at you, Dallas, like while others are talking, says, Dallas, we understand that our ways may be a little different to somebody who is you know, born of this time area. And I guess some some feelings are totally natural given the circumstances of your embrace. So if you want to get a free shot in at your sire, I'll pin his arms back for you. What do you say? Why you gotta hold his arms back? That takes all the fun out of it. He just kind of grins. Because if I don't pin his arms back, he could kill you. That's probably very true. No, no, seriously. If I even tell him he has to give you a free shot, he'll let you take a free shot. That's tempting. No, come on, eh, don't be shy. And he, he, with a loud voice, says, Afkar, come here. And Afkar, when, you know, it looks like he's kind of, like, showing Levette something, like how to, like, disembowel something. You're not entirely certain. He stops and he walks over there and just looks at Farkas expectantly. Says, let Dallas hit you. Afkar, without really kind of protesting or anything, just looks at you expectantly and just stands still. She pauses for a good minute. So does everybody else. Actually, they're looking at you expectantly, and you're starting to wonder in the back of your mind if this is another test. Yeah. 
She just looks up and goes, thanks. No shot needed. And so you just look at him and say, thanks. And he actually, that kind of takes him off guard a little bit. He says, thanks for what? For making me something better than I ever could have been in my actual life. Because I don't think if you'd done this, that I would have amounted to much. It's made me stronger. All right. And Afkar considers your words for a second. He nods slightly to you. And then Farkas says, well, Dallas, once you're able to remove your lips from your sire's ass, we need to talk about your position in this clan. Will do. And then she decks him. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, okay. So you go, you go in to punch him, and I'm not even going to let you roll. I mean, you, you, do you put all your force behind it, or you're just trying to make a show of it? And more making a show. She's not really, she's not really, she's not trying to hurt him at all, or, you know, just more of a, I'm going to let you bring your guard down just a little bit, and then I'm going to punch you. Okay. So you go and, you know, the, <laughs> completely unexpectedly, you lash out and you go to swing at him. Where, where are you aiming for? His face or, or gut? Um, she's aiming for a jaw. You go to hit him in the jaw and you're, you connect right with his face and he doesn't even move at all, but you're pretty certain that something in your hand broke. Yeah, she's going to pretend that didn't hurt at all. And everyone sees, I mean, you wince a little bit and everybody just starts laughing. It's like, <laughs> she tried to punch Afkar. Oh my God. Should have gone for the fleshy bit. Yeah. So Afkar said it wouldn't have helped. Farkas is like, yes, gangrel are tough. We have fortitude. We use it. Uh -huh. It's very useful. So even when you, even when you're not fighting, you can still fight. And at this point, he tells everybody to sit down, and he stands up by the fire, and he points at you, Dallas, and says, Dallas, rise. She does so. And he looks over at everybody else and says, so tonight we were introduced to Dallas, who was recently embraced. And we talked to her. We fought with her. We laughed with her. She heard our stories. Is she Gangrel? And as he looks over at the crowd expectantly, one by one, the other people present stand up. And as he looks to each one, they all stand. And then when it gets to you know, everybody else is standing, Farkas stands and he looks over at you, Dallas, and he says, Dallas, you are now Gangrel. Welcome to the clan. Just grins. And there's lots of cheering. You're, you're getting slapped on the back pretty hard, by the way. Uh, you're being, like, pushed around. They're kind of like, you know, really living it up with you. And you know, Jaeger and Lavette, after the, after the congratulations die down, they look at you and says, let's celebrate with a hunt. What do you say? Let's go into the city and really scare the hell out of some people. Uh... Wouldn't it be more fun to hunt stuff out here? I mean... You mean in the forest? Like hunt animals? I'm the only one that does that here, isn't it? All right, aren't I? No, no, no. I mean, that's fine. If you want to go hunt an animal, that's okay. Can can I... And this is Lovett and says, Can I also take the form of an animal and hunt with you? Sure. Great. And so she quickly assumes the form of a like a a panther like a black panther oh man i really gotta learn how to do that and jaeger he rolls his eyes a little bit and it's like show offs like well you know you keep practicing eventually you can turn into you know something come on let's go what do you want to take down what's big around here Let's see, I took on a couple of deer earlier. Let's see if we can't take down something a little bit bigger. Oh, Jaeger's like, wait, wait. There's elk around here. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, let's take down a fucking elk. Aye. And then the three of you just run out into the woods and go hunt some elk. 
let's <laughs> let's just real quick let's have you make another hunting roll. Let's see who can bring down the most impressive elk. So that's composure and animal ken. Not Dallas. That's only one success. That's a sad six die roll. Five two 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 eight. All right. So Jaeger doesn't do too much better, but Lavette in her, you know, looking like a panther, just kind of like takes down like a, a a male elk. I mean, it's it's a fight, and you guys have to help her, but you, know, you don't take down your own, but you help her out, rip the throat out of the male elk, and, you know, Lovette's lapping up at the blood. You know, Jaeger kind of abstains a little bit. Uh, Dallas, you are not really all that hungry. Are you going to drink some of the blood, too? He'll take a little tiny bit. Okay, so you... You drink a little bit. Jaeger's just not into it. Lovette drinks the most of it, and then she goes back into her, well, her vampire form, and she kind of like spits a little bit of the blood out and goes, "Oh, that is definitely a, a, a taste that you don't get used to." Ah, oh, and she kind of like pulls some blood clots out of her fangs. She's like, "But that was fun. Good job, Dallas. Jaeger, you. What was that, man?" Jaeger's like, shut up. Yeah, I, I, uh, I haven't gotten past the whole people thing yet. And Lovett looks like, really? You, you don't feed for mortals? No, I haven't yet. I am. Um, I don't know. It's just you're missing out. Because what are you saving yourself for? Marriage? Oh, decidedly not. I mean, the sooner the better, I say. I mean, you can't live off animals forever. It's been more difficult to ignore. Did your beast talk to you ever? I mean, the beast talks to us all. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one or crazy. Oh, uh, no. No, no. As And that's another thing you're going to find out that the other clans don't experience. As Gangrel, we are the closest to our beasts. I mean, it's... It can be an uneasy relationship at times, but for the most part, we are mostly in tune with what we truly are. And to ignore that is to deny you of what you are and what you can become. And if, for right now, animals is the way that you're going, that is your choice... No Gangrel is going to begrudge you anything of your own conscious choice. I mean, we can razz you about it, but if you can back it up, we're not going to bother you about it. But it's not going to be forever, so just be prepared for that. I'm sure that at some point, it was hard, definitely last night, with the amount of blood in the room, to not just want to duck my head down for a few minutes. But also, if you're able to resist the call of the beast so much when you're slaying mortals left and right, that's a sign of strength as well. So, take that as you will. And speaking of taking things, hold on a second. She reaches down at the on the elk, grabs the antlers on either side, and just effortlessly snaps them off of its head. Because I'm going to keep these. As you should. Absolutely. Well, Dallas... Congratulations, I guess. I probably won't see you for quite some time. I don't plan on being in Europe for much longer, but if we ever cross paths again in the future, I would be glad to call you kin. And so she goes back to her animal form and runs off through the woods, leaving you and Jaeger behind, just standing there in the darkness of the woods, with your eyes glowing. And Jaeger said, oh, Jaeger, Jaeger looks at you and says, so my car's not too far from here. I'll give you a ride back in town. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, so yeah, no hard feelings about that fight, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely not. I, 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 I mean, I know you're okay, but no hard feelings on my end either. I hope. Oh, no. Nah. I mean, that's what a gather is all about. I'm just surprised that you <laughs> just instantly went for the claws, because I was just going to 
you know, beat you with my fist. But hey, if you want the claws to go out, the claws go out. Okay, to be fair, you are like twice my size, and I was going to take any tactical advantage that I could take. Just like a gangrel would. So good job. Maybe on the way back you could talk to me about this movement some more. Yeah, sure. No problem. Uh, so you guys go back to the car and drive. I mean, like, are, you, are there any specific things that you're hoping he'll talk about? Do you have any questions about the movement? Because he's not very, he's not that much of a talker either. No, not really. She's not, not any specific questions. She's just kind of just getting a generic feel for everything. And for him, she might actually flirt a little bit with him as well. Um, and just a, a little bit and then but uh, before she leaves if, if Afkar's around she'll kind of just nod like alright respect and under uh, you know we're cool kind of uh, vibe with him and then um, enjoy the rest of the, the evening with Jaeger either talking or, or maybe flirting a little bit with him or whatever so okay so uh, before you, you know, leave the area and you say your goodbyes to Afkar, who just, like, appeared, like, right there. It's kind of creepy when he does that. Uh, you say goodbye to him, and Afkar says, Over the course of the next few nights, I have to teach you our ways. So, be prepared. I need to teach you our rites and our rituals. Should I meet you out here? No. Just leave your window open. I wouldn't do that. And then you go back to town with Jaeger. And so, yeah, Jaeger's kind of picking up on that, that flirtiness a bit, too. And so he's talking about the movement. Just basically, I mean, in all honesty, like the movement in Heidelberg is Joe and Otto. It used to be Eric, but he's long gone by now, probably. Um, and so me, I mean, I'm... I just declared myself Anarch because I really don't like the political bullshit, and I really don't like having to go to an Elysium every month. It's not my favorite thing. Yeah, to be Anarch is to, you know, do your own thing. You know, if you if you can defend yourself and what's yours, nobody really messes with you, and you, know, you just get to carve out a little place of your own and protect it. And nobody fucks with whoever is left behind? Well, no. If anybody tries to fuck with you, if you destroy them, the next person has a harder time working up the nerve to fuck with you. Good point. Very good point. Right. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, like, the, the movement movement, you know, there's so few kindred in Heidelberg anyway that... Well, the political shifting isn't really going to happen. I mean, all the other ones that are, you know, stuck in the ivory tower, they're pretty much well entrenched in it, and they're not giving that shit up. Yeah. Now they're clinging too much to their their wealth and their their mansions and their manipulations and their scheming and oh my god, and the Tremere. Oh wow. Just if I just you want to be able to do my own thing. Literally is all I want to be able to do. That's pretty much what being an anarch is. You do your own thing. You do whatever the fuck you want to do. And if anybody has a problem with that, you fuck them up. It's an appealing, appealing way to do things. I mean, if you want to talk more about it, I mean, you know, we can hang out. I mean, I knew I heard stories that you were in the city, but you know, now that you are Gangrel, that's two in Heidelberg. We doubled. Hey. You know, we gotta stick together. Yeah. Unless you try to take what's mine, then I'm gonna fuck you up. I won't take what's yours. It's not how I roll. Damn straight. Alright, so where am I dropping you off at? Uh, you can drop me off at the club if you want. Alright. So, Alright, so he drops you off at Der Hexenlide, and if you don't have anything further for him, he'll leave. If you have anything else to say, you should say it now. We should definitely hang out. He nods and says, you know, I can usually be found on the riverbanks. And he he uh, he gives you a, a location in town. 
which is more of a you know residential commercial type area and says those are my stomping grounds so yeah i don't usually stray too far from there so if you want to find me you'll find me there sounds good we're welcome at the club anytime if you decide to stray as well he nods maybe i will Although, he kind of looks at the outside of the club and goes, yeah, I'm not really too into the whole goth thing. Neither am I. I prefer Heidi's, honestly. I know. I mean, I'm black enough as it is. All right. Well, I will, um, I'll see you around. I'll see you. And he, you know, you close the door and he drives off. You know, he doesn't drive the most expensive or fanciest car, but it moves Amazingly, it moves from point A to point B. She just kind of watches after it for a few minutes, nods to herself like, It's a good night. It's a good night, Dallas. The Infane Podcast is a proud member of the Nerdsmith Network. Visit nerdsmith.org for all of your nerdy entertainment needs.